Hi, Richard Durrington, your jovial host for the last five years, here again. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. It's our October surprise. Every day we will hear practical insights from A Call to Prayer by J.C. Ryle. His heart and call is indeed that of a tender brother and our companion in Christian warfare as he speaks to us. Let me speak, lastly, to those who do pray. I trust that some who read this tract know well what prayer is and have the spirit of adoption. To all such, I offer a few words of brotherly counsel and exhortation, and suffer me then as a companion in the Christian warfare to offer you a few words of exhortation. One thing, at least we all feel, we must pray. We cannot give it up. We must go on. As Ryle's heart strides together aside your host, Fred, in October, we will hear their practical prayer craft that gives life to a growing, biblical, dynamic, sincere, soul-satisfying, and consistent prayer life. And now, live from the paddock, here's your friend and mine, our host, Fred. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. After our brief interlude, this is Fred, your principal, and we are, you and I, are back in the paddock. And we want to hear again today from J.C. Ryle. You're probably saying, whew, after yesterday's episode. But we are back to Ryle today. And as we are listening to the main thrust of Pastor Ryle, his advice so far for us concerning prayer, I think it's important to note that what he's talking about in these suggestions is concerning our private prayer or closet prayer, or for many of us th these days, maybe a little earlier than this generation. I'm not sure what they call it. The young kids call it now. But we called it our quiet time, where we had a specific time set apart to talk to the Lord and to listen. And it's vital as we read Ryle to keep that in mind. Today, for instance, he's going to say in his paragraph here, Disorder is eminently one of the fruits of sin. And in the context, he's talking about timing. And it is important to schedule a time, to have a time each day set aside to pray to God. I believe that. But at the same time, he would not disparage or discourage what we call, or what I'm calling now, the Puritans called it a different word, but ex exclamatory prayers, which just kind of come out from us. So that kind of disorder or lack of discipline you can't read into what he's talking about today. And then those exclamatory prayers are just prayers throughout the day at the moment when we call out to God. He also is going to say in our quote today, it's essential for your soul's health to make praying a part of the business of every 24 hours in your life. And by this, again, he, he would say that those spontaneous morsels of prayer throughout the day we think of something or someone and we just need to pray in the moment for them. We, If we look at those as like morsels of food throughout the day, they don't make enough of a meal to produce a healthy body, those little snacks we call them in my culture. And little snippets of prayer, I don't believe, are enough to produce a healthy soul either. And I think that's what he's saying here. So he's talking about dedicated time set aside to talk to, to God daily. Now, that is enough for me. We'll get to the quote from J.C. Ryle, Bishop Ryle. 
He says, quote, I commend to you the importance of making prayer a regular business of life. I might say something of the value of regular times in the day for prayer. God is a God of order. The hours for morning and evening sacrifice in the Jewish temple were not fixed as they were without meaning. Unquote. Now, what he's saying there, we kind of have to unravel some of these, the ways that he talked, but what he's saying there is there was a reason for, for God to have appointed morning and evening sacrifices. They had their purposes. So, when he's talking about specific times to pray, he's saying that's a, that's a good thing. Back to Ryle, quote, Disorder is eminently one of the fruits of sin, but I would not bring any under bondage. This only I say, that it is essential to your soul's help to make praying a part of the business of every 24 hours in your life. Unquote. And the key here, he understands the fruitlessness and the weakness of legalistic thinking. Like, I've got to do this at this time of day, or it doesn't count certain times a day. And I struggle with that sometimes as well. I have a set set of prayer lists, prayer things that I go through, different people in different circumstances, different times. I have my salvation lists are not integrated with my regular lists. And, and neither of those are integrated exactly into my worship time. And sometimes at the end of the day, I feel terrible that I haven't made it all the way through all the lists. Some days I just am able to pray generally for all those saved people or generally for the parents that I know who are struggling. And I feel guilty, though, when I do that. And I don't think, I don't think God is mad at me when I have to pray for a group of people. But that's me. Back to Ryle then, and we just want to finish. He said, we should make a business of praying every 24 hours, so once a day, at least once a day. Back to Ryle, quote, just as you allot time to eating, sleeping, and business, so also allot time to prayer. Choose your own hours and seasons. Right? So he's not telling you when. But then he goes on, back to the quote, at the very least, speak with God in the morning before you speak with the world. Unquote. This is a typical Puritan principle. Very first thing in the morning, get up and talk to God. And the next phrase is also a Puritan principle, also one that pastors throughout the years, though, have come to. So he says, at the very least, speak to God in the morning before you speak with the world. In these days, I'm sorry, unquote, in these days, I might say before you fire up your phone or your iPad, speak with God in the morning before you speak with the world, and speak with God at night after you have done with the world. But settle it in your minds that prayer is one of the great things of every day. Do not drive it into a corner. Do not give it the scraps and the pairings of your duty. Whatever else you make a business of, make a business of prayer. And I love that. I love that in the Puritan mind, our duties to God were of that importance. Whatever else you need to do in a day, make time to pray. And I was thinking about this. In the corporate world, there are way too many meetings. There are. And if you've lived in the corporate world, you know. But it's also true that those face-to-face -face times when we are talking to people, it's essential for our understanding, not only from what we hear, but from who they are. Texts over, texts over your phone are a bane of our existence. 
because there's no nuance, there's no emotion there, it's just words, and they can be very, very misconstrued. And when we really want to talk to people, we do what we need to in the moment, but the best thing is to sit down with them, talk to them, and interact with them. And it's the same thing about God. One of the true things about prayer, even though I confess I don't fully understand it, but it's still true, our interaction with God deepens our understanding of Him and of ourselves as we pray. It's pretty amazing, but it does. And it has to be a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit, a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, I think, but it does, just as our conversations with one another give us insight when they're face-to-face that we don't have when we're not face-to-face with someone. And I think I've mentioned this before. I have often thought in my head something I'm thinking about, and in the moment, it seems reasonable. And I have truly, at times, started to build a thought process or an idea or a principle out of some of the thoughts in my mind. And then, when I sit down and I talk to someone about it, as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I understand how crazy it is and how crazy it sounds. And you guys just real quickly will remember the time, if you will, if you've heard, you might remember the time. Psalm 119, 132. I was praying that one day, and in my mind I had Hebrews 11, and I was in the after the writer of Hebrews says, or time will fail me. And the first part, he's talking about victories from all the people he's talking about. He kind of lumps them together in a lot of victories. That is what was in my mind. And I, and I, and I prayed, as I prayed the verse, turn to me and be gracious to me after thy manner with those who love thy name. And again, it's one of those moments that I paused and I said, that's it, Lord. That, that's all I want. I want your grace, the same way the saints that I read about in the Bible or in history had your grace. And I was pretty excited about that for about two seconds. And then I thought, I thought of those people that I loved and that loved his name. Ezekiel, the hardships he had. David, the hardships he had. Paul, the hardships he had. Peter, the apostle John. And so I said, okay, I didn't back off from the prayer, but it gave me a different perspective, right? Because if we want those gracious actions of God, like his saints in the Bible and his saints in history, that doesn't mean we never have any trouble. That means we have trouble. And to have victory, you have to have a struggle. But that's one of those things in my mind. I thought, oh, that's all I want. And then after I thought about their hardships, I thought, do I really want those? Which, of course, I do. I just wasn't thinking of them when I prayed that. And when we join our prayers with Scripture, We actually, just like that to me, was a part of a two-way conversation. I said this to God, and then he said, again, probably by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I'm not quick enough to think of those things, but the Holy Spirit said, really, this is what happened to David and Ezekiel. And again, it didn't change my prayer. It just gave me the perspective that it's not going to be all wonderful things, even in God's grace, because that's the way he works with his people. So when we join our prayers with Scripture, we often experience a two-way conversation, which also helps our understanding of ourselves and God. And even, for me, even short prayers in the morning and at bedtime, it can set our hearts aright for the beginning of the day, and then it can help us put away the anxieties that we have gathered all throughout the day. But just like our light snacking all day long, it can't take the place 
of at least one healthy meal to replenish our bodies. Thinking about some of the earlier lessons, I remembered just a couple days ago, in the early days of my Christian life, one of my goals was to pray three minutes a day, every day for three minutes. And it was a work for me to pray for three minutes a day. Today, at the present time, I can barely say hello to God and three minutes, but I tend to be worried, as you know anyway. And I could do that, but I don't want to. I want to savor my time with Jesus, with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in prayer. And think about this. Who's the most crucial person in your life? When you think about them, are the short periods of time that you spend with them enough for you? Probably not, and probably not them either. Whenever and wherever, however you are starting or getting back to or growing your prayer life, I would, with Ryle, encourage that you make it a habit and do everything that motivates you to keep that discipline of prayer, whatever it is. Set a time, certain times a day, try to meet those things. When I was in the workforce, every lunch and every break was spent in prayer. Sometimes, 4.30 in the morning, I would get up, go to work, pray outside of work until it was time to go to work. Whatever you need to do to make that habit, to make that your business of the day, is a time of prayer. And we've talked about this and will too, we will again in, the, in some of the lessons to come, but after a time, it won't be a discipline. My prayer time is not a discipline. It's the highlight of my day. And I pray every day and I take my time and sometimes it's morning, sometimes it's afternoon, sometimes it's in the evening, even late evening. And I do that because I enjoy sitting down with my Savior and talking to Him. God satisfies the human soul, but you may be like me with avocados. It may take some time to get the taste of them. And it will if you're just starting out or if you struggle in prayer. Just keep going back, keep going back. In time, it will be the best part of your day. We're going to end today with J.C. Ryle one more time. This only I say, that it is essential for your soul's health to make praying a part of the business of every 24 hours in your life. Just as you allot time for eating, sleeping, and business, so allot time to pray. Choose your own hours and seasons, and don't pressure yourself in how long I would add to that. That's unquote from Ryle. I almost did my quote and unquote perfectly today. But my part of that is, it doesn't have to be the same exact time every day. Let's pray together in the moment. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful day. We are reminded every day is a beautiful day because we have salvation. We have that relationship with you. And we don't know what's going to come, how our day is going to exactly fold out. But we know your will is going to be done. And that makes it a beautiful day as well. I do pray, Holy God, that you will hear from your people in the morning that we would call to thee and eagerly watch to see what you do and then be satisfied with what you do. Lord, every time we have a chance, lead us to call out to you. Evening, morning, and at noon, the psalmist says, I will complain and murmur, and he, you, will hear our voice. You do redeem our souls in peace, and there is battles every day. But in everything we strive against or strive with, holy God, you're leading us to your victory and to the center of your will. Help us to call to you. Help us to make time for you. 
every day. We pray this, Holy God, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, who for some reason belongs to here for us. Do thy will lead thy children all over the world to our relationship with you. Grow it and make it magnificent. Show us your majesty in your mercies. Amen. Loved brethren, once again, all I have to give you is pray, pray, pray. Your life will be immeasurable in the joy, the peace, the contentment, the more you spend time in sincere prayer with God Almighty. Brethren, even around the world, we are around the world amazingly enough. Let's pray for one another.